is today? Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Good to have you with me today. So, I want to start with this. I would assume everybody, everyone, has stubbed their toe. Anybody who's listening, I'm sure you've stubbed your toe at some point in your life. I'm pretty confident of that. And I can also assume that I'm the only one that's ever stubbed their toe in the shower in the shower not getting in not getting out of the showers because there is a lip in a lot of showers right so i get it i'm not talking about stubbing your toe in the in and getting in or out i'm talking about in the midst of taking a shower i bet you i'm the one who has stubbed their toe but i was able to pull that off yesterday and uh, how you may ask i'm glad you asked that uh, well, my daughter, whom I love dearly, we could call her a little quirky, right? Um, now she used to take a bath all the time. We have a big bath, right? Uh, but the problem was she would take like three hour baths and she would be in there so long the water would get cold so she would drain it and then fill it back up. It was a whole thing. And it was like, you don't need to take a bath for three hours. That's crazy. She'd watch movies, all kinds of stuff. So we kind of moved her into taking showers. Now, she still takes forever in a shower, but it's way quicker than, you know, taking a three-hour bath. But, like I said, she's quirky. In taking a shower, she apparently needs a bench to sit on. It's too much of a task to just stand there and take a shower because she gets tired. It's like, man, I'm standing here all day long. You don't need to just hurry up and take a shower. But there is no, no quick. She's going to do things at her pace, right? So we have a bench in the shower. And this bench takes up a pretty decent amount of real estate. I don't have a giant spa-like shower. It's a, it's a one-person shower. And I would say that 40% of that shower floor is taken up by this bench. So I'm shampooing my hair. Uh, you know, the shampoo gets down, so you close your eyes and all that stuff. Um, turn around, bam, stub my toe. Pain and misery. It's not how you want to start your day. Uh, by the way, does anybody, uh, does anything make you more mad than stubbing your toe? Like, I've stubbed my toe more than a few times in my life, and immediately there's pain and anger. It's like, oh, you stupid, and you're mad, and you're like, it's like, what are you mad at? That's another pro That's another thing you're mad at. I'm mad because I'm mad because I'm hurting, and it's like, it's crazy, right? You, I hope you understand. You, you feel me on that. So that, that happened. Then moving on to the evening, I got a text from a friend in a group chat from one of my old bands. And in this text, there was a video 
of a weatherman talking about the heat, saying the weather's going to be peaking in the mid-90s, like the Dallas Cowboys. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And they send it to me because I'm a Cowboys fan. And it's just like, come on, guys. We have two weeks until football. Real football. You know, like NFL football starts. And, and already the trolls are out. And, and you know what? It's sad, really. So I'm going to put the texts on the screen so you can see the nonsense that I have to deal with. Trolls are nonsensical. You can't reason with them. There's no logic in their thinking whatsoever. It's just maddening. So I'm going to put it up there. And you'll see why. You'll see why I'm putting him out there on Front Street right now. All right? So here you go. I'm going to pop him up there. Uh, there's the video, right? I'm not going to play the video, but it says that. And then so what I do is I respond and I said, I'd send some video or meme back about the Bears, but they've been irrelevant for so long, no one cares, which is true. Nobody cares. And uh, then he fires right back. Yeah, right. That's why they always get half their schedule in prime time. Half their schedule in prime. Just remember that. He said half of their schedule is in prime time. So the coveted football games where the whole world gets to see them. That He says half of their schedule is. And he goes, because no one cares about the best and most historic football franchise on the planet. He also says the best. We're not talking about 1985. That's the last time they were the best. For sure. Uh, so I respond with half of the half games, half your games are in prime time. And I was like, are you drinking this early? The Cowboys have the highest rated games of every team every year, which is a fact. You can go look it up in the ratings. And they don't even have half of their games in primetime. I was like, come on, man. So then he's 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 always got the eye roll. I don't know how his eyes stay in his head most of the time. So we get three eye rolls. He can't just do one eye roll. It's got to be three. And then they want to put the Bears on national TV because it's a boost in ratings. <laughs> you really don't get media, do you? <laughs> and then now and then he says, both have four games this year so far in uh, prime time. But the Bears were the worst team in football and still are prime time. Get it? Everyone loves the Bears. The cowgirls are polarizing. By the way, when someone says the cowgirls, it's so, like, not creative. Oh, the cowgirls. We got it. Yeah, okay. I'm hurt about the cowgirls. Uh, they're the Donald Trump of football, the team people love to hate. I'll agree with that. It's a team that people love to hate. But also, they're the most popular team in football as well. Uh, just got rated uh, the most expensive, $10 billion is what they're worth. You know, they're they're the most popular. So I can't help it. See, here's the thing. He's always mad at me because, number one, in baseball, he his team nobody cares about in Chicago except for eight people who go to the games and the Cubs are beloved by the whole city. So he's got a chip on his shoulder about that. And that the Cowboys are the most popular team in the NFL and his team have been terrible for what they've been a dumpster fight for 35, 40 years, something like that. And, and when he sends the, the video of, Oh, they peaked in the mid nineties. They they can't even say that about the Bears because the last time they were any good was in 85. And I know that everybody in Chicago likes to think that was the greatest team ever assembled. But guess what? That was the same team who they put on the field in 86. What happened there? Nothing. 87, nothing. 84, nothing. The, the Cowboys had three Super Bowls in the 90s. So I'll take the 90s over your stupid team any day. 
the the best and most historic. Get out of here. You are crazy. But let's go back to this. So he said, first of all, that half the games in 2022 were in primetime. So I I looked up what primetime games were, what how many they did had. So I found this article from The Athletic. said Chicago Bears scheduled 2022. Early trip to Lambeau. Three primetime games. Three. So just in case you weren't adding things up, uh, there's 17 games in the season, and they had three in primetime. So to the idiotic Bears troll, three. So apparently they only played six games last year. They only played six games, and half of them were in primetime. It's, it's like, this is what I'm dealing with. And then I, and then I put on there, the Cowboys uh, had five primetime games. Hmm, Cowboys had five. And, and like I said, they do the best ratings of any team. You can look it up, and, and they don't even get half of their games in primetime. They got five. So I'm just like, what are you even talking about? So then I was like, let's just look to see about this year. Let's, let's really see. Let's see what the best and most historic franchise named the Bears have, really. So I found primetime games for every NFL team 2023. Who has the most? That's weird. It's the Cowboys, the Bills, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. So we're talking about the Chiefs, who just won the Super Bowl. Get it, for sure. Uh, the Chargers, who are on the come up. They have a good quarterback. Um, they, there's bright future for them. The Bills, who've been knocking on the door for the Super Bowl for a long time. And, you know, the most popular team, who also is going for a Super Bowl this year, the Cowboys. All right. Then for sure, it has to be on the next tier that the Bears are on there. Oh, no, it's not. Because uh, five would be the Jets, the Giants, the Packers, the Vikings, the Raiders, the Eagles, and the 49ers. Huh. Then we go down to the next tier, and, and who has four primetime games, and there we find the Bears. But as as my friend would say, it's to boost the ratings, yet... There is one, two, three, four, five, six other ones in their same category. has the same amount. Are they all to boost the ratings too? This is crazy talk. So I send all this to him, and then he says, take away the Thanksgiving game. Why? It's a primetime game. Why would I take that away? I'm just stating facts. You're mad. Wouldn't the best and most historic team get uh, Thanksgiving games every year? That's what I would think. Nope. And he's like, Jesus, you really do know how to read stats, do you? I roll again. But then we're bringing Jesus into this. We all know that the Cowboys are Jesus' team. This is, so I don't really know what he's saying. He, this is what I got to deal with all the time. From Every week, there's going to be some hate coming my way. And, and it's just, it's, it's exhausting. Because then I got to try to talk, to, try to make sense of it. Nothing. And the reason... I, I put this all on there is uh, he said, uh, you really need to work on being wrong. Make your next, make this your next podcast. Here we are. Here we are. Your wish has been granted. You're right out here on Front Street. So, yeah, a little peek behind the curtains, what I got to deal with from my Chicago friends. And since we're on the topic of having bad things happen, Let's get into the topic for this devotional. And I was thinking to myself, self, 
what should we talk about tomorrow? As I was in the shower where, you know, most great ideas come from. And I thought since the st- stub toe tragedy happened and then my friend yip yapping at me, I'm clearly being persecuted for my uh, faith. So let's talk about someone who really had some bad mornings and evenings. More than a little stub toe and more than just dealing with dumb troll friends. And that would be the Apostle Paul. Came to me also because this past Sunday, Pastor Tommy used a scripture from Acts 9, and this verse jumped out at me. Uh, the Lord was telling Ananias to go find Saul and bring him to the disciples. And, and Ananias was like, uh, I know this dude, and he's bad news. He's been trying to kill us. I don't think that I want to go find this guy and bring him back. That's a hard pass for me. I don't want to. But then the Lord says this. So in Acts 9, 15 through 16, it said, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much suffering, I will show him how much, woo, can't talk. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And that is, is cold. That's like, oof, ish, yikes. If I was Ananias, I'd be thinking, the Lord is not messing around. I better go get Saul ASAP. Later on, we find, to no surprise, that the disciples weren't exactly psyched to have Saul come join their crew either. Uh, but I wish when uh, Ananias brought Saul to the disciples and they were like, no, we, not this guy. Absolutely not. Get him out of here, right? Ananias would have been like, hold up. The Lord spoke to me and said, I quote, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And they would have probably been looking at each other like, oh, I wouldn't want to be this guy right now. Like for the disciples, that life wasn't what you would call easy. Uh, so Saul, who was renamed Paul, has, a, has had a, he's got a big rough future ahead of him. But he's up for it, which is good. So what are the sufferings that we um, know Paul had to endure, right? So let's read in 2 Corinthians and see what Paul has gone through in his own words. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 29. Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from the rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger in the sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak? Who is led to sin, and I do not inwardly burn? Well, let's start out with the lashings. Uh, You know, that's where you're whipped viciously and brutally. So in verse 24, it says, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. So that's 39 lashings, five times, which comes out to 195 whippings. His back had to be tore up. And I dare you, 
if you're hanging out with Paul back in the day uh, to start complaining about your back hurting. Paul, uh, he'd be like, oh, your, your back hurts? Was it a little stiff? Yeah, it reminds me of the time I had my skin literally ripped off my back. Blood, infection, stinging, agonizing pain. I remember it like it's yesterday. But, you know, I'm sure your, your stiff back is probably pretty painful too. Okay, so then uh, Paul goes, uh, get some good old-fashioned beatings with a rod. So we read in uh, verse 25, three times I was beating with rods. Then he was stoned. And I'm not talking about smoking the old wacky tobacco. It said, once I was pelted with stones. Now, usually that means a group of people throw stones at you until you die. Luckily, Paul didn't die from these the stoning. But I'm sure it messed him up pretty good. Uh, I remember back in the day, I was in Manaqua, Wisconsin uh, for a week for like a fishing vacation type thing. And, I, and a bunch of kids were throwing rocks at different things. And I was running and somehow I caught a rock right to the eye socket. And it sucked. It hurt so bad. I was not a fan of it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. So Paul had multiple people throwing rocks at him with the purpose of killing him. So that's going to be a lot worse. I'm just saying that's not a good day. But then, get this, he shipwrecked. Not once, not twice, but three times. So verse 5, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was pelted with stones, three times I was shipwrecked, I spent night and day in the open sea. I would imagine before doing some research that Paul had to be like in the Guinness Book of World Records for surviving the most shipwrecks. Because usually shipwrecks that happen in the middle of the ocean, you die, right? I don't know, for some reason I'm thinking back in the day they didn't put enough uh, lifeboats and all that. Sometimes you're probably going to die most of the time you're out there. But I would have been wrong because I looked it up. So let's just make sure. Let's see if there's like a record for someone who survived the most shipwrecks. There's a guy named Arthur John Priest who had survived four sinkings and two collisions. So he clearly holds the record. And I don't want to get off crazy on a tangent on uh, Arthur John Priest, but you got to hear this. Here are his sinkings and collisions. So this is from Wikipedia, so I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Priest survived four sinkings and two major collisions, most of them during World War I. The ships in question were the RMS Astruius, I think, collision on her maiden voyage. So maiden voyage, first time it's been out. Uh, and that was in 1908. The RMS Olympic had a collision with the HMS Hawk in 1911. Then the RMS Titanic sunk by an iceberg in 1912. So another maiden trip on the... Uh, um, of the, of the Titanic, you know, the first time that boat's been out. Uh, then the HMS Alicantra that sunk in combat with the MS, SMS Grief in 1916. The HMHS Britannic sunk by a mine in 1916. And the SS Donegal was torpedoed by the MSUC-27 in 1917. Two other survivors of the Titanic, Archie Jewell and Violet Jessup, would later also survive the sinking of the Britannic with the, with Priest, with Jewel later being killed on the Donegal. 
1917, Priest was awarded the Mercantile Marine Ribbon for his service in the Great War. Uh, so, first of all, a little research on him. He was uh, the guy that shovels um, coal into the engines to keep them going, the steamships and all that. So he was on a lot of boats, whatever like that. But that is a whole lot of sinkings, right? And then after the sinking of the SS Donegal, Priest retired from working at sea. I would have retired after the first sinking uh, and left his job as a stoker. That's what it was called. He was a stoker, so he kept the fire alive to make the boat go. He lived out the rest of his days in Southampton with his wife, Annie. He claimed that no one wished to sail with him after these disasters. Yeah, absolutely. And I can imagine, like, he's like, hey, you want to go, let's go take the boat down to whatever. And they're like, I ain't getting on a boat with you. He's like, come on, I'm probably the safest person to sail with. I mean, what's the chances of another ship going down? I'd be like, it seems like it's pretty good. seems like it's pretty freaking high. I ain't going on any boat with you. I don't care if it's a cruise ship, a battleship, or a dinghy. I'm not getting in anything in the water with you because it's most likely going down. But I just thought that was a crazy story. Like, man, what kind of luck does this dude have? But done with Arthur John Priest, back to Paul, who was whipped, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked. And let's see what else Paul had to deal with on top of that. So verse 26 I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger of the city, in danger in the country, in danger of the sea, in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have gone without food. I've been cold and naked. This dude, I mean, he can't go anywhere. The city, the country, the sea, Everybody is trying to get him everywhere, persecuted everywhere. Just there's no safe place. Imagine what that's like, feels like to just not be able to go anywhere and feel safe. Uh, He has known hunger and thirst. So there's times where he's been dying of hunger and thirst and he's been cold and naked. Bandits have taken his clothes. This dude's been left for dead naked and in places. That's, that's quite, that's quite a lot that he's had to go through, Right. And he doesn't even go into really all the times that he's arrested in a prison because he had a whole bunch of those too, which is also not fun at all. And most people who I've known that have gone to jail, uh, they don't seem to gloss over that that bit. Like when they're talking about awful, terrible experiences, usually jail and prison is way up there on the list. But Paul's just like, these other things happen. I would, you know what? Prison is like, you know, vacation compared to all this other stuff. But then Paul says this in verse 28, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So with all of this abuse, torture, oppression, persecution, the church is the main concern for him. Most people be like, you know what? I am done with this church thing. You go do your own thing because I'm, the more I try to help the church, the more beatings and misery I endure. And I get a lot of people who leave the church because they have Church hurt. Church hurt? Go ask Paul if he has church hurt, right? I bet if Paul were here and heard some of these people, well, the church didn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. The church didn't have this program that I wanted to attend. The church doesn't seem to care about me. I don't like that the church doesn't have this or doesn't do this to my liking. He'd be like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Jesus loved the church like his bride, but nah, let's make it all about you. 
Let's not let you go through anything. I'm sure your oppression from the church you feel is exactly the same as mine. No. Paul toiled for the church. He worked to improve the church. He sweat for the church. He bled for the church. He was beaten for the church. He was tortured for the church. And guess what? He was martyred for the church. And it's believed uh, that he was martyred, martyred, meaning like tortured and murdered for his faith. In Rome, around the same time Peter was crucified. Uh, it's believed that Emperor um, Roman Emperor Nero, who reigned from 54 to 68 AD, was responsible for Paul and Peter's deaths. He was known for persecuting Christians by making them partake in like gladiator matches where they'd either be killed by another gladiator or, you know, get thrown into the lions at the end and they would kill them and eat them and all that stuff. It was not good. You didn't want to be in a gladiator match. The movie Gladiator makes it look cool. It was definitely not cool. So in Romans 15, 23 through 29, Paul writes of his plan to meet the body of believers in Rome while he was on his way to Spain. And Encyclopedia Britannica lists uh, Romans as Paul's last chronological writing. So these chapters were likely some of his last that he wrote before his death. And as the book of Romans was written around 57 AD, it's entirely possible that Paul found himself in the room in the midst of Nero's persecution. And then Adam Clark writes in his commentary that it is common belief that when a general persecution was raised against the Christians by Nero, both St. Paul and St. Peter then sealed their truth with their blood. Prior to his death, Paul spent plenty of time in prison and on the run, so he was likely already known to many Roman officials. Because Paul was a Roman citizen, unlike Peter, he was protected from the brutal death of crucifixion. Therefore, it was likely that he was executed by beheading. But Paul wins in the end. Because in Philippians 1, 21-24, Paul writes, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am not to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary for you and I to remain in the body. Now with that last verse, that last little piece of scripture, I want to address this. I got a lot of backlash yesterday from my wife and some of her friends uh, from my Devo last week where I said that I only want to live to 60 and I wouldn't, and I, why wouldn't I want to go to heaven? Because it's going to be way better than this. So like I'm ready now. Well, Paul says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And then he says, uh, if I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I don't know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. I was unknowingly quoting Paul all last week. And no, I get, I get the, you're so rude. You're so mean. Why would you say that? Like, that's what I got last week. I'm just saying. Um, did anybody say, give Paul some lip when he said that? Probably not. And like I said last week, I'm not looking to go make it happen. I'm just hoping that 60 is the end so I can go and be with Christ. And while I'm here, I'm in ministry, I'm doing things, I'm trying to expand the kingdom, I'm doing this devotional, I'm leading worship, all that. I'm doing things. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Does everybody want to gain? Yes, they do. So that's where I'm going to leave it right now.
So I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you got something out of this. Get a little, know a little bit more about Paul and get to a little bit, get to know a little more about what I have to deal with with my Chicago friends who are irrational and unreasonable. Okay, you have a good day. See you next week. Thank you.